This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join me in the call to worship. Blessed are the ones who come in the name of the Lord. Come into the Lord's presence with singing. Blessed are the ones who walk by faith and not by sight. What does the Lord require of us but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God? Blessed are the ones who see the world through God's eyes, where love is lived and all is done with justice and with praise. to live up to the promises we have made to follow Jesus faithfully and live in love, still we come before God as beloved children. With the confidence of the children of God, let us confess our sin together. Let us pray. Gracious God, hear our prayer. For the roads we have avoided traveling and the kindly words we have refused to share. For the false gods who have received our worship and the true selves we have starved of love, God, by your grace, forgive us. For the hidden hurts we have held too tightly and the promises which we never kept. For the careless use of our time and money and the pitiful excuses we should never have made, God, by your grace, forgive us. For all we should be and all we can amend, God, by your grace, renew us. 
for all you have in store for us and all you may demand of us. God, by your grace, prepare us for the life of the world and the love of its people. God, by your grace, commit us. the good news. As people born of water and the Spirit, we have died to the old life and a new life has begun. God's grace is poured out upon us day by day. Be thankful and live as one who has been raised to new life. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, who calls us to be agents of reconciliation and peace in this world. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Please greet one another with a sign of Christ's peace.
welcome once again to worship all of you. It is good to be together to praise and give thanks to the Lord our God. Jesus assures us that where two or three are gathered, surely he is in that place, and so surely the Lord is with us now. Whether you are a first-time visitor or a long-time member, we are delighted that you are here today. Your presence with us makes us better, so thank you for the gift of you. If you are seated near the ends of the pews and have access to those maroon pew pads and can sign your name and pass them down again, as you look inside, if you see the names of someone or someones that is unfamiliar to you, please feel free. Uh, In fact, we encourage you to greet that person before you leave today so that all might feel welcome and at home here at Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. It is the first Sunday of the month, and so that is unique for us in a couple of ways I'll remind you about. The first Sunday of the month, we include prayers for healing and wholeness during communion. So if you would like to receive a prayer on behalf of yourself, someone known to you, or a situation in the world, Beverly will be off to the side during communion. And so when you come forward to receive the elements, you can step off to the side and pray with her if you wish. On the first Sunday, we also collect a special offering for our food ministries. The money that is collected supports our open table meal on Thursdays and also supports some of the food that we are able to share with our overnight shelter guests. If you would like to make a contribution to that ministry, there are yellow envelopes in the pews. If by chance you are seated in a place where there is no yellow envelope, you can put it in anything you want and write food on it and we will understand. Um, A reminder that I hope so many of you are here because you plan to stay after worship for the annual meeting of the congregation. As soon as we conclude in this space, we will move downstairs to the parish hall. Uh, There will be a light lunch served, and you are invited as soon as you make your way down there to get some food and then find a seat. Um, In years past, we made you wait to eat thinking that might make the meeting go quicker. My philosophy is we're friendlier if we're eating. So find yourself some food, have a seat, and we will gather together. The purpose of our meeting is to hear about the 2020 budget, elect our church officers, hear some highlights from 2019, and look forward to the future together. Um, You'll note that we do have um, childcare and activities for young folks, um, but confirmation age and older. We look forward to having you with us in the parish hall. Finally, it is my great pleasure to welcome Fred Grayman from the American Church in Paris who is here with us. He's right here. He is the composer of the newly commissioned work Walk Humbly with Your God that will premiere right here in just a little while. He is here Um, He's been with the choir, he has helped with an adult education class, and he will conduct the premiere performance. Fred, we are so grateful that you are here. Thank you. In the midst of so much holy business, it is good to turn our minds to the holy word of God, so let us do that now. In preparation to hear God's word, let us pray. Strong and merciful God, be with us in these words. Give us the clarity to hear what you wish for us to hear, and give us the courage 
to live accordingly. Amen. The New Testament lesson today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Now, when this was first written, it was written in Hebrew. 
And the word justice, so we're going to learn these three words in Hebrew. And the word justice in Hebrew sounds like this. Mishpat. Can you say that? Mishpat. And it does not just mean seeking equality or doing the right thing. It also means in this context to protect and to care and to watch out for all people, especially those who are struggling. Now the second word, or these two words, love kindness. In Hebrew, it sounds like this, hesed. Can you say that? Hesed. It's at the back of your throat. Try again. Hesed. That's right. And this means love, like it says, but it's so much more than love. It means kindness and goodness and mercy, faithfulness, loyalty. It means continuously being in love. And it's so big, this meaning, that sometimes we don't even understand all of it. Then the last word, or two words, walk humbly. This one's kind of hard. Vahatsneya. Can you say that? Vahatsneya. That's one. And then laket. So, can you say it again? Laket. Vahatsneya laket. Neya laket. Very good. So this means, you know, humility, like we understand it. But in this context, it means so much more. It also means being open to the world around us, being open to God working in us and through us. It means listening and paying attention to God as well. So, you all have learned Hebrew today. Can we say it all together? I have it here if you need to see it. All right, so repeat after me. Mishpat, Hesed, Vahatz, Neya, Leket. Very good. Now you can read the Hebrew Bible, at least this passage. (laughs) Can you pray with me? And I invite the whole congregation to pray after me. Dear God, help us do what you require daily. To do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you. All right, if you're a second grade and younger, you can come with me in April Children's Worship. Thank you. Testament lesson today comes from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, beginning with the first verse. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? In what way have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent before you Moses and Aaron and Miriam. 
Oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The way that the prophet talks, or at least the way his book reads, it can be difficult to sort out which words are assigned to which speaker. So a bit of context may be helpful. God is displeased by the way that his people are living. And Micah the prophet is given the unenviable role of mediating a difficult conversation between the creator of the world and the created. To do so, he places us squarely in a courtroom. Rise and plead your case, he says. Micah says, rise and plead your case before the hills and the mountains, for the Lord has accused his people of wrongdoing. And then we hear God's voice, and God reveals deep frustration. God has a right to feel this way. God is frustrated any time we forget our history. And so God says, Do you not remember when I rescued you from Egypt? Do you not remember when I led you through the wilderness or when I saved you from certain destruction? God is frustrated. Any time we forget how it is the God of the universe that has carried us this far on the way. Now this frustration does not mean that God gives up on us or washes God's hands of us. It never means that. But God is frustrated because he sees people who ought to be living lives that stem from gratitude But that's not what's happening. So having heard God's frustrations, we next hear the Hebrew people's frustrations. Yes, we know, they seem to say. We know what you have done. What more do you want from us? When will our sacrifices finally be enough? Will it take burnt offerings or rivers of oil or firstborn children? What exactly do you want from us? That is the tension into which the prophet's next words are spoken. A courtroom with both sides frustrated with one another. Now it's a shame I thought and I thought and I thought about some sort of parallel example, some way to highlight the level of drama in the room as a ruling or a response is anticipated. Couldn't come up with anything. I am not in any way meaning to draw connections between plaintiffs and defendants in courtrooms past or present. 
but I do mean to draw a comparison to the amount of weight placed upon what would be said next. It was into that moment that the prophet says to the Hebrew people, God has told you, O mortal, what is good. God has told you what the Lord requires of you, that you do justice, that you love kindness, and that you walk humbly with your God. That is the ruling handed down, a ruling that contains some of the best-known words in both the Jewish and Christian traditions. But this ruling carries with it at least two risks. First, it opens the door to understanding faith as being about little more than good manners. Be nice, speak gently, hold the door, help someone who's carrying something heavy. And those are all wonderful things. But those are things that you can learn anywhere. If that is all our faith is about, it's very nice. But it still leaves us and the whole world wanting. The second risk, of course, is the exact opposite, that we would hear these words and be overwhelmed by the state of the world and write off any sort of impact that one person or even one church might have upon it. Thankfully, it was in the year 70 that a rabbi known as Tarfon commented on Micah's holy words. He said, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now. Love kindness now. Walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, he said, but neither are you free to abandon it. And it was Eugene Peterson, a Presbyterian pastor himself, who much more recently wrote a paraphrase of these verses. Now, he wrote this paraphrase with great knowledge of all of the nuance of the ancient languages that Rebecca just taught you all about. With that in mind, he wrote, God has already made it plain how you are to live and what you are to do. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously, but take God seriously. I find the words of both Rabbi Tarfon and Reverend Peterson to be helpful as we navigate how to follow God's instruction in our lives today, especially in our everyday lives. We've been talking for several weeks now about how our sacred, ordinary days, how sacred and ordinary our days are. What does doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God look like? Not in the extreme moments, but in the everyday or every hour. Do justice. Several years ago, my friend Roger was preaching at a small conference in Alaska, and it was held in a local congregation, and each evening, Roger would ask someone from the congregation to get up and share a story of how they had seen God at work in their life. 
On Friday, a man named Bill volunteered. Bill was an elder at that congregation. He was the founder and owner of a well-known architecture firm. He had over 120 employees. He was well-liked and admired. He had a wonderful wife and two great children. By all appearances, Bill lived a perfect life. And that night, Bill stood up in front of the congregation, took a deep breath, and said, I have seen God at work in my life every day, because as of today, I have been sober for eight years. I am a recovering alcoholic, and it is a battle every day. When he said this, there was a gasp in the congregation. And then Bill looked at his wife, Anne, and he said, I have seen God at work every day, because I am still married to the most wonderful woman in the world. And even in the bad times, Anne, you put up with me. I love you more now than ever. I see God in you every day. And he looked at his two teenagers, and he said, I see God at work every day because I have the two most amazing kids. And there were times when I was a terrible father to you. In these past eight years, I have tried to make it up to you. I am so proud of you. And I am so grateful for your love. No father could ask for better children. Later that night, Roger thanked Bill for his courage. And Bill said, it wasn't courage. It was the right thing to do. Sometimes that is what it means to do justice. To do the right thing, to do what is fair and just to restore relationships, to look out for those who have been wronged and make a change. It is true for our neighbors, and it is true in our own homes as well. Do justice and love kindness. A few of you have met my friend Susan. I hope everyone has a friend like Susan. She spent two days driving with me from Kansas City to New York City in a rented minivan with myself, two dogs, and three houseplants. Everyone needs a Susan. But in addition to being a remarkable friend, Susan is a loving spouse and a fantastic mother to a young man. Her son turned 21 this year, but he will never live alone, never work unsupervised, never do most of the things mothers dream their children will do. Her son has severe autism, and for him, more often than not, that means that his communication is limited, and there are unexpected outbursts, and he has seizures. In these past few months, the doctors have made adjustments to his medication, but that doesn't always go smoothly. And the last adjustment caused some uncontrollable emotion. Susan says it happened... One brief moment, it was one brief moment of anger, she says, and she was struck in the eye by her son's hand, and that freak accident, as she calls it, punctured her right eye and dislodged it. After a long surgery, the doctors were able to save her eye, but not her vision. But as Susan was being rushed to the hospital, there was a lot of commotion. She was in pain, and the paramedics were tending to her, 
But her son was in the midst of an already challenging day, and he was being agitated even further when separated from his mother. And the more upset he became, the more insistent the medical professionals were that they be kept separate because she needed to be kept still and get to the hospital quickly. But eventually Susan stopped everyone using her best no-nonsense mother voice and insisted she would refuse all further medical treatment until she could see her son. Her son was brought over to her and she took him by the hand and said, I will be okay. The doctors will take care of me. I will be back. I love you. You are my son. In her moment of tremendous need, Susan made sure her son, who could not take care of himself, would be taken care of. And she made sure that he understood as best she could that she was going to be okay. In her moment of need, Susan looked at her boy, whose life was a challenge every day, and said, I love you. You are always my son. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. Love kindness. And walk humbly with God. It's interesting to me that in the Hebrew, the emphasis in this phrase is placed on walk rather than humbly. This whole section is actually about imperative verbs, do, love, and walk. That order is intentional. We do justice, we love kindness, and we walk humbly with God. That order is intentional because when we do what is fair and just, and when we love with loyalty and compassion and kindness, then we are indeed walking humbly with God. I've mentioned to you before that I played field hockey when I was younger. At one point in high school, I developed a stress fracture from all of the training, a fracture bad enough that I had to wear a boot for three months. Now the thing about wearing one of those boots, aside from the remarkable fashion statement it makes, is that no matter how careful you are, you inevitably end up limping at least a little bit. Now what's more, my doctors had determined that part of the reason I had hurt myself was that my foot wasn't striking the ground quite right. Obviously, my knees and my legs and my feet were getting the job done, but the reason it had become so problematic was that every time I stepped down, my alignment was, and I believe this is the technical medical term, my alignment was a total mess. <laughs> and so they said that once that boot came off, I would have to relearn how to walk. And only then could I relearn how to run. Now I know that some of you are all too well aware of this yourselves. It is really hard to relearn something you've known how to do nearly your entire life. I spent months relearning how to walk, learning what part of my heel should strike first and on what angle learning how long my natural stride should be, learning to make sure my feet were always parallel, 
then learning how to do all of that while actually moving through the world where I had to pay attention not only to my steps, but also my surroundings. My friends teased me mercilessly the way only good friends can do. It's easy to see you coming, they would say, because you move slower than everyone else. The crowds part on either side around you. You walk like a very tall toddler. Relearning how to walk is difficult, but it is worth it. And I think that's what God, through the prophet Micah, was asking of the Hebrew people. That's why all those verbs are imperatives. What does God require of us? Do justice. Love kindness. Walk humbly. Even when that means unlearning and relearning something you've known for years. Even if it means a stumble or two or three. What if when we walked, or what if when we relearned to walk, we did it in a way that made it easy for people to see when we were coming? Because the trust we have in God and the love we have for Jesus Christ would be so readily apparent. As New Yorkers, we walk an awful lot. But the entirety of life is a journey. So the next time you head out the door, pay attention to every step you take and to what story your steps are telling. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
standing as you are able, and let us join together in confessing the faith of the Church using the Apostles' Creed as you find it printed in your bulletins. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let us join our hearts in prayer. Eternal God, you call us to do justly, love kindness, and walk humbly with you. In these most challenging times, keep us on your path and remind us that you walk with us. Remind us that you are there, our source of hope, our guide and support. Trusting in your presence and love, we bring all that weighs on our hearts to you in prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of wisdom, as we live through unprecedented times, guide us and guide our leaders. We pray for our country, for this administration, Congress, and Senate. May they and we seek the truth, live with integrity, and stand and speak for what is right, regardless of the cost. May we live with compassion and act justly for those who are struggling, those who live in fear, those whose rights are at risk. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we pray for those in other countries also experiencing uncertain times, times of great change, or the threat or reality of conflict and war. Give the world's leaders wisdom. Expand their vision that they may see what is good not only for some, but for all. We pray for those caught in the travel ban, for students sent back to Iran, for Nigerian families cut off from each other, and all whose lives are newly disrupted. We pray for all who are affected by the coronavirus and the efforts to contain it, for refugees who cannot find a welcome, for all forced to flee their homes. Inspire us to work for peace, to bring comfort, to provide opportunity, and sustain all who are struggling. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for this church and for the church throughout the world. May we never tire of seeking and speaking your truth and sharing your love and hope. We pray for our partners in the Synod of Harare in Zimbabwe as they face extreme economic hardship. Strengthen and sustain them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are sick in body, struggling in mind, or disheartened in spirit. 
for those in the hospital or in hospice care or rehab, those who are homebound or in long-term care. We remember today Ekaterina Kleiman, Lucy Weinberger, Milagro Guardiola, Marjorie Norris, Luis Rodriguez, and Margaret Davies. Bring healing in body, mind, or spirit, and the peace and comfort of your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who grieve the loss of one they love, remembering those known to this congregation, the families and friends of Beth Connor Cohen and Eusebia Avila. Comfort them, give them your peace, and the sure hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear our prayers, give us hope, and guide us as we walk through this life with you. In Christ we pray. Amen. Now let us respond to God's abundance by bringing our gifts and offerings.
good. Emile has a way of bringing people together from all backgrounds and all places, allowing them to be one, where we can truly see each other and hear each other's stories. It's where we can live out justice, loving kindness, and then walk humbly with each other through this broken world. This meal is an ordinary, as ordinary as our lives, a simple loaf of bread and some juice. But this meal in all its normality allows us to put all else aside and see the light shining on God's work and those carrying God's image. So come and join us around this table that spreads far and wide, for this table is an open table. There are no fences, no walls around this meal. All are welcome. Simple as that. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. It is indeed right and it is our deepest joy to give you thanks and praise, God our Creator. You called light out of darkness and separated the waters from the dry land. You filled this world with living things, formed us out of clay breathed into us the breath of life, and called all of it good. You have filled this world with beauty, and we have failed to treasure and care for it. You made us in your image to love and serve you and our neighbors, but we have turned away from you and failed to treat our sisters and brothers with respect and compassion. Still you love us, still you call us, ever making us new always giving us another chance to turn to you and live in love. For your steadfast love that will not let us go, we lift our hearts in praise and thanksgiving, joining our voices with the choirs of heaven and all the faithful in heaven and on earth who forever sing to the glory of your holy name. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, your Son. He lived as one of us, knowing joy and sorrow. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, welcomed sinners, and proclaimed good news to the poor. Dying on the cross, he gave himself for the life of the world. Rising from the grave, he won for us victory over death. Seated at your right hand, he reigns with you in glory and will come again to make all things new. Remembering the risen Christ, we take from your creation this bread and wine and celebrate the life we have in Jesus Christ. With thanksgiving, we offer you now the sacrifice of our lives and proclaim the mystery of faith.
Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that as we break this bread and bless this cup, these ordinary elements may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place, serving you even as Christ served us. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. With the confidence of the children of God, we pray as Jesus taught us. on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it, as my remembrance. The Apostle Paul tells us that every time we eat this bread and share this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. These are holy things to make us holy, the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast.
God, you carry us all so closely to your heart. We can find comfort and relief in that. And so with these elements now nourishing our bodies, may we go into the world with the strength of your spirit to give of ourselves for others. In your name we pray. Amen.
love of God that brought you into this place today, and it is the same love of God that now sends you out into a world that is beautiful and absolutely in need of what only you have to offer. So may joy and nothing less follow you all the days of your life. May you be blessed, and may you be a blessing, and may you rest well today, secure in the knowledge that the Lord of light, who has brought you this far already, will lead you and countless others all the way home. Amen.